The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpa sportsmed to learn more. All right, welcome to another edition of PA High School Football Report. We're down to two short weeks remaining in the regular season. A couple of City League postseason games are on tap in Pittsburgh this weekend. The Whippeo Blitz, of course, begins next weekend. But in and around District 3, they are still chasing those bids to the second season. Hello again, football fans. Eric Kepler alongside colleague and uh, Bill Belichick fan club president, Dan Sostick. Dan, how's, how's the weather in your neck of the woods? Uh, it's it's getting chilly, but uh, I've got I've got uh, zappy fever. So if it, you're talking about the Patriots, uh, um, pretty pretty warm right now uh, from from the Western Kentucky Hilltopper product. So yeah, there's a little heat coming off of that guy. It's no yeah. problem. Yeah. Gotta love the Hilltoppers. Yeah. All right, the lead-ins. Obviously, to each uh, each passing week seem to get shorter and shorter. Dan, for us, uh, like the days here in October, but we are going to set our sights. On combinations, we'll call them combinations, dynamic duos, whatever you want to call them, uh, for the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, the one-two punch guys, uh, they can be lethal, obviously, during 48 minutes of football. Uh, and Dan and I are going to kind of rely on some of our favorite one-two combinations inside of the Mid-Pen Conference. So let me begin by saying that our picks uh, might not be the team's top stack guys or tacklers. Uh, we think these duos have played above expectations at times uh, and or provided kind of the, the leadership you need and the grit that all playoff contenders need. So it's not just going to be, you know, the star quarterback and the star running back. We tried to find these guys that uh, that we thought really helping their clubs. Um, so I posed the question to Dan about 12 hours ago. We have not touched base since. No, nope. we went live just a few minutes ago. Uh, so we do not compare notes. That's one of the, part of the beauty of this. Um, we may overlap, or we may come out with ten different one-two combinations. So, uh, so Dan, therefore, let's let's jump right in. Dan, uh, we're going to go with your number one, your first dynamic duo. All right. So one one of my criteria for this was it wasn't going to be like you know the top teams, the state champions. I went with more the guy, the duos that you know really are kind of carrying the load for these teams um, that kind of are the reasons these teams are where they are. So I'm going to start with a team we've talked about a lot and kind of the, some low hanging fruit and go uh, with West Perry's Marcus Quaker and uh, Ian Goodling. Uh, you could have also gone with uh, Marcus Quaker and uh, Trent Herrera, the running back, but I went with Goodling just because he does a little bit of everything. And uh, I mean, Mar- Marcus Quaker, obviously a uh, dual threat quarterback, the uh, quarterback who, just continues to impress all season long. They're off to an eight and O start setting up. Uh, don't want to look too far ahead, but set up for maybe one of the biggest games in West Perry uh, recent football history in week 10 against uh steel high. Uh, those two kids have just done such a good job. Uh, you know, Quaker still junior. So he's still got another year of him, but uh, I know that we said we weren't going to do the, you know, the stat leading guys, but it's really hard to ignore that duo for me. Uh, yes, uh, number four, the, my number four, I put them down there because I didn't want to talk about those two guys right away, but right on mine is Marcus Quaker and Ian Goodling. Those are one of my twosomes too, because I, 
you're right, Dan. I mean, just, you know, the stat, the stats aside, uh, we both got a chance to see how they play the game. And obviously we talked about Ian Goodling a lot last year as being sort of that unsung hero guy. Now he's front and center. Everybody knows his name. Uh, he, he, he's great. The secondary, he's great out wide. He kicks. I think he cooks at halftime for the concession stand. The kid does. The kid does absolutely everything for them, and it's hard to say that because same with Marcus Quaker, yeah. who's such a tremendous athlete and such one of the. You know, we we see a lot of, I, I call them gamers, just mm-hmm. just guys that you know, not the prototype, you know, sized quarterback, um, loves to tuck it and run, but just has such an instinct for for being a football player. Mm-hmm. And just knows how to manipulate guys, you know, in space, break tackles. He's tough when he needs to be, uh, and he throws a pretty damn good pass as well. So, uh, Gulling's on the other side of I don't know how many receptions. I think he's got over fifty at this point. Yeah, uh, and he's probably got close to a thousand yards receiving. So it's been just a tremendous, uh, a tremendous joy for us to kind of watch these two guys play uh, together. And you're right. We could have went with Trent Herrera. There's a couple guys too on defense that we really like too for West Perry as well. So, but uh, yeah, I believe you have to start with Quaker and Goodling. That's that's an unbelievable and necessary pick. So my first my first tandem um, is State College quarterbacks Finn Fermanek and Owen Yerka. Now, I've never been a big fan of the two QB approach. Yeah, uh, but that was typically when you see. You knew one guy was a better passer. You knew one guy was a better runner. And whatever the game dictated, whatever situation dictated, you can kind of mix and match. A lot of times you just, you know, we didn't see a lot of series versus series like you might see in the pros or college. We would see plays. You know, if it was third and three, you might have one guy in there. Third and eight, you might have another guy in there. So it typically was just an absolute, you know, every other play you were switching guys. but. We've seen, obviously, guys lined up in the Wildcat, too, which gives you a different look. But why the little lines, I believe, really have been successful, and there's a lot of reasons for them being successful, um, to me is because Fermanek and Yurka really possess the same athletic sort of prowess and athletic abilities. Now, let me say Fermanek ran most of this game against Harrisburg on Saturday uh, until the final two or three series they brought in Yurka to kind of just chip away at that clock. And they certainly did a good job uh, eating up most of the fourth quarter in that 20 to six win over Harrisburg. So I'm not sure if Yurka was just coming off maybe a slight injury or something else. They didn't really see under center until late in the game. Uh, it seemed possible because Yurka is a pretty trusted wideout as well. Yep. And he didn't play much there, but I just love how these two guys play the game. Obviously their versatility, like I said, gives coach Lintel a lot of options on how to use them. But I think Fermanek especially doesn't get enough credit for being the kind of competent passer that he is because um, they like to grind it out. They like they like to run the ball and like to play tempo and dictate clock. But that's exactly what Yerka did in the fourth quarter in that game. So I don't care about stat lines for these guys. Uh, what they're doing for that program right now I think is exactly what Coach Lintown needs. Um, and I think their record proves that uh, it's been pretty successful so far. Yeah, it's a great pick, really. Uh, you know, I haven't got a chance to see State College yet, so you just kind of follow from, you know, the box scores and everything. But 
when a two quarterback approach is working the way it is, it's hard not to not to say that's one of the not one of the best duos. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my number two. Um, I'm gonna go with a duo I haven't seen in person yet, but just kind of stick out every every Friday night when I get back from my game and I'm doing you know the roundups of all the stats and everything. And I'm going with a team that we haven't really talked about that much on this podcast. It's probably one of the most underrated teams in the mid pen. I mean, we shouldn't be underrating them. And probably one of the best stories, frankly, and that's Gettysburg's Jaden Johnson and Brady Heiser. Um, Jaden Johnson, every week, it's just 140, 150 yards from this kid at running back. He's just, I, I like I said, I haven't seen him play yet. So this is uh, just going off some huddle film and uh, and some box scores. But he's a beast. and. Uh, Brady Heiser is a sophomore, um, sophomore quarterback who is really starting to come into his own. I mean, he's he's going to be a he's going he's going to be another one of those guys that we kind of talk about these sophomores that watch out for being player of the year candidates in a couple of years. Um, they've got Gettysburg in really good position to you know take that Colonial Division title um, in their first year back. Uh, so I went with a with those two warriors. Cause it feels like we haven't given them enough shine yet this year. And they uh really great job by that program in their first year in the mid pen. Yeah. Those two warriors were also on my list. Oh my gosh. Heiser and Johnson. I just love how Gettysburg just popped back into the mid pen and now they've already got a share. They've already clinched a share of the colonial division. Yeah. They can win it outright. Of course, if they can take out Northern on Friday, but they have two chances to, to wrap up that outright title. But, <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> but um yeah it, it's just johnson was the known product absolutely mm-hmm. and and heiser like you said being a sophomore uh it, it didn't take him too long just a couple of games to kind of settle in and now he you could just see just by looking at the box scores each week during this six game winning streak for gettysburg that he's becoming way more comfortable and way more dangerous and somebody too that can also beat you with his feet I mean, he's got almost, I think, 250 rushing yards to go along with, you know, he's probably right around maybe approaching 1,000 yards now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's for a sophomore to come in. They're 7-1. and one, They look good. That's been pretty impressive um, in my book for, for uh, from that tandem. So, all right, Dan, we come back. I'll get to uh, another one-two punch on my end. Um, we'll be right back. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash Central PA Sports Med to learn more. All right, welcome back to the PA High School Football Report. Dan Sosick alongside Eric Gepler. We're talking one-two punch. Some of the top combination players uh, in the Mid-Pen Conference we talked a little bit about state college uh, quarterback situation there. A couple of Gettysburg standouts. Uh, of course, the one-two punch at West Perry, Ian Goodling, and Marcus Quaker. So let's move on. My next one is um, I was very, very thrilled because we don't get to do it often because we're usually pinned down relative within about, you know, 30 miles from from uh, from the Harrisburg area. Uh, a lot of good games, but last week I got a chance to go see Upper Dauphin play Juniata and really what was the marquee game of the Liberty Division. So I put down Upper Dauphin linebackers Caleb Snyder and Tegan Angle, 
And here's a couple of reasons why. Obviously, I was very impressed with both of those guys um, when I got a chance to see them uh, firsthand. Uh, came out Trojans 20-13, uh, to 13, really hard-fought win. But part of the intrigue for me is that both, uh, you know, are, they're not only a running back, linebacker combination, but they play both ways. Um, but because Upward often has guys like, you know, playmakers like Aiden Bingham at quarterback, Brady Morgan, Connor Walker at running back, Snyder and Angerl are really kind of hyper-focused on the defensive side. Uh, and they really do play like bookends. Uh, they're both they're both around six foot. Both have good feet, good speed, good instincts, uh, all of that. I think Angle may be a ten pounds lighter, but these guys basically look the same, track the same, um, and have the same knack for finding the football. Um, and of course, Angle's only a junior. Snyder's just a sophomore, so this one-two punch is going to be around for a while. We hear this a lot, Dan, about how smaller school games might not be as fluid or physical as maybe you'd see a good matchup in 5A or 6A. Uh, that's a heaping load of barbecue sauce. <laughs> it, it, because I tell you what, the UD Juniata game was one of the best all-around games I've seen all season long. And part of the reason were because of these guys that you get you don't always get to see in person until maybe the playoffs if you're lucky. Um but Snyder and Angle were two guys that were really, really impressive. And I'm glad they're going to be around for a while because they'll be two household names by the end of, ne- by, by the end of this year. Uh, everybody's going to know these two guys. So tremendous football players. Tremendous how they lead that defense without saying a word, really. Um, and it was fun to see those guys. So those two guys are on my list. Yeah, awesome, awesome pick. And just feels obviously, like you said, we don't get a chance to see those teams too much. Um, really, really great that those teams are, you know, back in the mid pen and in the yep. Liberty division. Um, just, and like you said, any, anyone who discredits those programs because they're playing their smaller schools, just, just make it out to one of those games and, and try to say that afterwards. Cause those are, those are football players out there too. Exactly. Um, my next pick, um, uh, going with a little bit of a class. I said, I wasn't going to go too many teams like this, uh, but I'm going. I'm going to Severance Field, Harrisburg, PA, and um, I'm picking who I consider, you know, probably the best, maybe the best defensive duo in the mid pen, and um, not exactly positional, but um, Terrell Reynolds and Amir Jones. I just think those two kids um, could have could have also with Kymer Williams. They've got a couple other guys, Micah Chambers. Micah Chambers didn't play last week, so uh, or two weeks ago. So that's one of the reasons I didn't go with him, but could have easily gone him. But I'm. I'm going Terrell Reynolds and Amir Jones. We say it every week, but Terrell Reynolds every every single Harrisburg game, he just wrecks the game. He's um, he's just one of the best defensive ends I think in the state. Um, one of the best pass rushers, and then Amir Jones is such a such a good body type for a defensive back. I, that's why I think he'll do well at the next level. Is he's fluid, and um, it's just it's really really hard to score on this team. You usually probably you have to force turnovers to kind of set yourself up. That's what state college did last week. Um, it's, and I I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think that Harrisburg's chances when it comes to this, um, you know, making it, making a run in States, it comes down to the fact that they're going to be able to hold almost any team they play to around 21 points a game. Like it doesn't matter what teams squaring up against them. So I could have went on the offensive side of the ball, could have went with Kyle Williams and Makai Hopkins, but um, I'm going to defense end because that's where they're winning these football games and that's where they're going to continue to win. And those two guys are best of the bunch. 
Yeah, you know, you look at Harrisburg, too, and you watch them. If you just focus on the defense, too, Amir Jones does so much. Yeah. Like, he, 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 you know, he just finds the football, and he's tough to get out of his pitch, too. He's tough to get out of his area mm-hmm. because he's always attacking. Yeah. You know, it's never like – I mean, contain's not a word for him. It's, it's, it's attack, attack. And you're right about Hopkins and Williams. I mean, two tremendous offensive guys for them, too. Um, but it took – yeah, it took – Two chunk plays to set up one of State College's uh, touchdowns. They needed two field goals, yeah. uh, obviously, in that one uh, to, to win 20 to six. And of course, Harrisburg, you know, was without Sean Lee, their quarterback, and without a couple other players, um, dude, for some reason. We're not sure what it is yet. Uh, Coach Calvin Everett would not, would not say why they were not playing, but just said that, that they weren't playing. Which yeah. You could clearly see. But uh, but yeah, you're right. That defense just makes it so difficult just to you know not only just to move the ball, but uh, you know even to get a a big play against them is tough. Like I said, State College probably had three big plays that set up both of their touchdowns. Yeah. So it's 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 very very difficult. So all right, Dan, my uh, I'm gonna stick um with linebackers here. I just had uh, Snyder and Angle Leopard off and uh. Bishop McDevitt's linebackers, Cade Werner and Ty Kephart. Now, I, now, Kephart, I guess, technically is listed as a strong safety, but very few plays have <laughs> I seen Kephart lined up more than seven yards from the line of scrimmage. It's the same position in 2022. It, exactly. So it, we'll call him a hybrid LB, whatever. He plays like a linebacker, that's for sure. And he's often overshadowed for all the positive plays he makes week to week. Werner's a guy that I've been touting since his sophomore year. Uh, he just seems to find the rock. And there have been so many good defensive players over the last couple of years that, you know, you I don't want to say you almost forget about them, but it's just an expected that that guy's going to be around the football the entire game. He's sort of that old school seek and destroy backer, uh, only with better wheels. Um, it's so easy, Dan. You know, we ha- I mean, you have to talk about all the weapons on McDevitt's offense. Yeah. And it's, you know, to the point of just because when you're putting up 49, 50 points a game, it's tough not to. I mean, you have to sort of talk about all those future FBS guys that are running around at Rocco. So uh, it's easy to forget that McDevitt's only allowed 72 points all year in seven games. And plenty of those points were in garbage time. So this is a this is a proven defense. Yes, the guys up front make it a lot easier for the linebackers. But a lot of the stinginess comes from Warner and Kephart in this one. Uh, the big guys clear the lanes. They make tackles. So I think they've got 87 combined stops so far between the two of them. Uh, I think Warner has close to 9 or 10 TFLs already. Um, so they are they're attacking LBs and attacking hybrid uh, LBs in Kephart's case. And they're doing a tremendous job. And, and, again, that's one of the things, too, you know, you <laughs> You always talk about picking your poison against McDevitt. Do you try to load the box and stop the run? Or do you try to, you know, play back, play zone, put seven guys back and and stop Stone Saunders in the passing game? Well, there's still a third choice is you still got to score on McDevitt. Yeah. So that's a big part of it. And these guys have been tremendous so far this year. And I don't expect them to get better, um, you know, coming down the playoffs. And however, however far McDevitt goes, uh, we think we know where they're going to end up. but. Uh, you got to play it on the field. So, yeah, those two guys have been great. Yep. The only reason I didn't go with any McDevitt 
uh, duos is I literally couldn't pick. There's so many different ones. You could have done, done, done Jair Rollison and um and Nevin Hopkins. You could have done you know you could have done uh, Gabe Arena and uh, 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 Riley Robel. You could have you could have done Stone Saunders and either wide receiver running backs. It's 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 a it was too much for me to decide on. So uh, I think he picked a good one though. A, a couple guys that probably don't get as much credit um as some yeah. of the other you know bigger name players with uh bigger offer sheets do but uh those are good picks um my next pick i'm going uh down to cumberland valley and i'm gonna go on the offensive line and go with, with uh tyler merrill and anthony joppy um on on the line for cv um just i think that cumberland valley obviously they lost last week to carlisle is kind of a weird game um uh not not making excuses. Carlisle won that game. They they earned that win. But um, good CV had uh, quarterback Isaac Signs go out with a with a a little bit of stomach bug and sounded like they had it going around. But um, before that, really, some Cumberland Valley's been winning these games in the trenches. Uh, the biggest difference I've seen from last year to this year is Isaac Signs has time to throw the ball in the pocket and he has room to run, which last year. Uh, against a lot of high-level teams, he was getting sacked, getting like having no time to throw the ball. And you got to give credit to um, a lot of the seniors like Joppy, um, you know, who have really taken a step up this year um, uh, with that continuity. And then you got to give credit to the the new factor in it, the the star freshman Tyler Merrill, who stepped right in as a left tackle. And I mean, he's got he's he's a big reason Cumberland Valley is really stepped up into that um, contender spot in the district three. So uh, I'm going with that pair of offensive linemen. You could have went with a couple other linemen on CV, but I think, uh, I think those are two of the right guys to single out. Yeah. I think you picked the right two. And that would be the spot that I would have went to as well along the offensive line. You're right. Last year it was, you know, signs was either flushed out really, really fast, or he had to step up. And, you know, for a guy who's under six foot, Get, can get cluttered real quick. So, you you know, you hasten your throws, things like that, and some things go wrong. But he's had a lot more time. You're right. Big Oak and Joppy have been, have been really, really good in providing that sort of protection when he does need to drop back and step up in the pocket. And, of course, you know, Signs is so good on the run yeah. that uh, as long as you can ch- even chip your guy, you know, and to get him, he's got enough room to go around him. So yeah, the line has uh, allowed him to kind of show off his creativity as a runner. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he seems to be like. He reminds me of like Jordan when he was really on mm-hmm. his tongue, tongue hanging out. I, I think that signs. I think he yeah. just he gets that. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna beat this guy. Watch this move. Yeah, you know, and he's been tremendous. Yeah, I was. It, I mean, Carlisle. We talked early in the season too about Carlisle about them they're going to knock off somebody yeah they maybe probably shouldn't have now again you could make it you can make an excuse that signs went out and that's probably you probably have an argument there but you know to even to, to you still got to play 48 minutes and, and beat them carlisle, carlisle was down a lot yeah. of guys too so it's it's yep. it's, it's football you got to win with who you have and think about carlisle's situation too injury wise yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, losing Eli Hargrove, Hargrove in the in the preseason, you know, um, to a knee injury was difficult. Jeremiah was out for a while. Um, 
to a point really it was Shank under center and it was Morrell, uh, you know, as running back. Yep. And, and it was, you know, I mean, they they had three legitimate guys, offensive guys that were out. So That's why I was considering them for one of my spots too, just because yeah. well, it's been difficult. Yeah. Well, we my over I overlapped you on two of my my last two. So obviously, if you got, do you have anyone left? Yep, I got one more, and this one is just a basically a pure production thing. Um, it's it's a team that's lost two straight games, but I'm just going with a couple guys that really do it all for this team, and I'm going with uh, Lower Dolphins, Ty Milheims, and Charlie Fortney. Um, I've I've covered the last two Lower Dolphin games; they've both been losses. I'm I've come away so impressed with Ty Milheims. This kid's a legitimate running back who's gonna. I think he's gonna play at the next level. He's really fast. He's really big. Um, he's tough to tackle. Uh, he had, I believe he had three or four 30 plus yard runs in the last two weeks. It was, it's ridiculous. Every week he's putting up crazy numbers. Um, I, I've just been really impressed with him. He does it. He does it all for them. And then Charlie Fortney's one of the most underrated, I think, wide receivers in the, in the, uh, conference as well. He's just a go-to guy for a quarterback, Bryce Fortney. It's a fun Fortney to Fortney, uh, uh, combination there in Lower Dauphin. Um, they just really do it all for the Falcons. Uh, I know that the it's been a tough run um, with losses to Milne Hershey and a really, really tough loss to Cedar Cliff where uh, they fought all the way back from 21-0 and then uh, lose after, on a last-second field goal. But um, those two guys, I just I just wanted to give them a shout-out because it really feels like without them, I'm, I'm not sure how many games Lower Dauphin's winning this year. The Lower Dauphin's a really young team. Um, and those are two of the older guys that are really carrying a load for them. So I thought I'd give them a shout out. Yeah, Milhams is a guy too that I was and I didn't I didn't go in with any expectations because I really didn't see him last year. But um, for his size and his body type, he 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 runs really really hard. Yeah, and and hits the hole good, has good speed, and you know, and he's only going to get better. The vision will get better, and I think you're right. I think he can get actually. Play at the next level. Forty's a kid too. Uh, obviously, he can run for days. Yeah. Um. And, and the game that I actually saw, uh, load off, and I would, I would like to see. I, I picture him like, even though he's a smaller version of like an Irby Weller at Shippensburg, yeah. I think he could be that kind of guy where he's getting nine, ten, eleven receptions a game. Yeah. Um. But they chose mostly in the game that I saw him. It was all deep routes. Yeah. So I would like to see some intermediate stuff from him because I think he's I think he could be a really good route runner exactly. underneath yeah um and, and to kind of to kind of move the chains along a little bit but uh but yeah that's a great that's a great uh tandem there Fortney and Milheims uh they were two guys that I actually considered uh, on my list as well so so yeah so uh there you have it one two punches mid pen conference um we like all these guys, and, and obviously they, they've been tremendous for their team so far this year. Got a couple weeks left in the regular season. We'll see how they come down the stretch. Uh, and, of course, postseason begins, and then all the all the fun starts right back up again. So, Dan, thank you for your time, buddy. Uh, we'll do it again next week. And uh, if anybody uh, can check Penn Live all week long, we got picks and predictions up today. Um, we'll have coverage, of course on a couple of Thursday night games and uh, and Friday a full slate. So uh, check everything out on PenLive. We'll see you next week.
The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash Central PA sports med to learn more.